John Steinbeck's Man of La Mancha. The Monday Morning Memo for November 3rd, 2014. The silent workings of my mind are of little interest to anyone but me, but occasionally I feel the need to chronicle some small discovery, to write it down so that it might continue to exist after I have been forgotten. Once a year I write a Monday morning memo that is more for me than it is for you, and this is that one. If you quit reading now, I'll understand. In Cervantes' book of 1605, Don Quixote never meets Dulcinea. She exists only in his mind. Psychologist Carl Jung would have called her Quixote's anima, the imaginary woman that represents the innermost heart of a man. But in Man of La Mancha, the 1966 Broadway play by Dale Wasserman, Dulcinea is an actual woman, a reluctant prostitute in whom Don Quixote sees only purity, beauty, and grace. That play won five Tony Awards and ran for 2,328 performances. In 1972, it was made into a major motion picture starring Peter O'Toole as Don Quixote and Sophia Loren as Dulcinea. Although Dale Wasserman got the credit, the character relationships and narrative arc of Man of La Mancha belong entirely to John Steinbeck. Follow my trail of breadcrumbs, and I will tell you what I know. 1952, the prologue to East of Eden, tells us that Steinbeck was familiar with Cervantes and Don Quixote. In it, he speaks to his editor and close friend, Pat Covici. Miguel Cervantes invented the modern novel, and with his Don Quixote set a mark high and bright. In his prologue, he said best what writers feel, the gladness and the terror. Idling reader, Cervantes wrote, you may believe me when I tell you that I should have liked this book, which is the child of my brain, to be the fairest, the sprightliest, and the cleverest that could be imagined. But I have not been able to contravene the law of nature, which would have it that like begets like. And so it is with me, Pat. Cervantes ends his prologue with a lovely line. I want to use it, Pat, and then I will be done. He says to the reader, may God give you health, and may he not be unmindful of me as well. John Steinbeck. 1953. Ernie Martin, the Broadway producer of Guys and Dolls, asks Steinbeck to write a sequel to Cannery Row so that it might be made into a play. I have in my possession the Christmas gift John Steinbeck sent Ernie Martin later that year, just as Steinbeck was beginning to write Sweet Thursday. It's a 1949 edition of the ingenious gentleman, Don Quixote de la Mancha. Inscribed on the front-end paper of that book is a note written and signed by John Steinbeck. Dear Ernie, this is required preparation for Project X. John Steinbeck, Christmas 1953. 1954. John Steinbeck publishes Sweet Thursday, a love story between Doc of Cannery Row and Susie a reluctant prostitute from the Bear Flag Hotel. Steinbeck's note to Ernie Martin makes it clear that Susie is Dulcinea. 1955. Sweet Thursday becomes a Broadway play called Pipe Dream, with a musical score by Rodgers and Hammerstein. 
the play receives the largest advance ticket sales in Broadway history to that point, $1.2 million, and is nominated for nine Tony Awards. I think it would be safe to say that Dale Wasserman, a lifelong playwright, would have been very much aware of Pipe Dream in 1955. 1957, John Steinbeck writes 114 pages of Don Quixote, the Marshal of Manchon, before he abandons the novel on December 27th of that year. The unfinished book is a delightful retelling of the story of Don Quixote as a gentleman farmer in Southern California in 1957. Dulcinea, once again, is presented as a reluctant prostitute but now she's called Sugar May. This is the second time in four years that Steinbeck has envisioned a reluctant prostitute, Dulcinea. 1959, I, Don Quixote, a non-musical teleplay by Dale Wasserman, airs only once as the DuPont Show of the Month on CBS television. In 1965, when Steinbeck's health was in decline, that teleplay is adapted to become Man of La Mancha, a legendary hit on Broadway. All the applause went to Wasserman, but that story was clearly Steinbeck's. Why did Steinbeck see Dulcinea as a prostitute when Cervantes clearly did not? The answer, I believe, lies in the anima, that imaginary woman who represents the innermost heart of a man. 1959. In a private letter to his agent, Elizabeth Otis, Steinbeck writes, I'm going to do what people call rest for a while. I don't know quite what that means. Probably reorganize. I don't know what work is entailed. Writing work, I mean, but I do know I have to slough off nearly 15 years and go back and start again at the split path where I went wrong because it was easier. True things gradually disappeared, and shiny, easy things took their place. I brought the writing outside, like a cook flipping hotcakes in a window, and it should never have come outside. John Steinbeck to Elizabeth Otis. From the book Steinbeck, A Life in Letters, page 657. Steinbeck saw the imaginary woman in his mind as a reluctant prostitute because he saw himself as a reluctant prostitute. As a professional ad writer, I know the name of every demon with which he wrestled. John Steinbeck recovered his sunshine and gave us Travels with Charlie before he died. It is, in my opinion, the greatest travelogue ever written. Not surprisingly, Steinbeck referred to his 75-day trip across America as Operation Windmill and named his GMC pickup with camper Rosanante after Don Quixote's horse. On the campus of Wizard Academy, a school for the imaginative, the courageous, and the ambitious, of which I am chancellor, a larger-than-life bronze statue of Don Quixote gazes upward at Wedding Chapel Dulcinea, where it hangs off the edge of a cliff far above him. 824 couples were married at the chapel last year, at no cost whatsoever. So it would appear that I, too, have found a patch of sunshine to call my own. <laughs> 
and I hope you have as well. Nothing defeats demons like sunshine. Roy H. Williams. P.S. <laughs> Thanks for running with me today as the beagle in my brain led us away into history and trivia. Next week's Monday Morning Memo is all about the future and your place in it. The title is Get Your Hopes Up. 2010, June. CBS News announced online. John Steinbeck archive to be auctioned. Never published works among letters and manuscripts from Nobel Prize winner's New York City apartment. The writer, Steinbeck, had Ingrid Bergman in mind for Vikings, a film script adaptation of a Henrik Ibsen play that he began in 1954 but later abandoned. Another project that was later abandoned was a 1957 reworking of Don Quixote, which Steinbeck titled Don Quixote, The Marshal of Manchon. Bloomsbury's catalog says he had high hopes for it and even considered director Elia Kazan for a movie version with Henry Fonda in the lead. On June 23, 2010, I was the high bidder for Don Quixote, the Marshal of Manchon, at the Bloomsbury auction in New York. I include a series of quotes from that unfinished novel in my 10,000-word treatise, Steinbeck, Quixote, and Me. If you would like me to email you a copy, just sing a note to andrew at wizardofads.com. Roy H. Williams. Doing well is about making money. Doing good is about making a difference. Paul Botts is the president of Good Leadership Enterprises, an organization that teaches business people how to do both. Listen in as Paul tells Dean Ropart about the four cornerstones of business goodness, building blocks that can provide a company a powerful competitive edge. MondayMorningRadio.com is the place, and right now is the time.